All right. Theme song in three, two, one. Welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there, episode 237. I know that because I looked it up before. And I know only that because I started writing down in my notes where the where the, the links are on my Notion app that it is, in fact, 237. Let me give you a little rundown of my notes. Can you see them? Let's see if I can do this. Uh, hide the webcam. <laughs> you can see the notes. All right, if you're watching the video, you can definitely see the notes and you can get a preview of what's coming up. Uh, you can also see what's coming up on the next episode. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can see the recurring segments I have down there. Anyway, I have. Uh, d- 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 if you can't see it, I'll paint a picture for you. I have a Notions stuff. Uh, on the side of my Notion, you can see uh, all the lists I have, how much I pay for subscriptions, which I will not click on because it is an embarrassing number, video games, the notes for I have for Warner Media, uh, and then also the Constitutionals. So here's the Constitutionals, and then you have a current episode, and uh, I usually have the title, new thing is the episode number, <laughs> and then I have basically a rundown of what I want to talk about, and it's all linked up. And, uh, and then there's, uh, the, the, yeah, so that's what it is. So yeah, you could see it. So if you got, if you saw the video, you saw exactly what I, what I, what I do for this show, which is possibly too much for as little return as it gets and possibly not enough for as much return as I want it to have, which is about 5% more. Here we are coming off, coming on the heels of this, uh, this, uh, week we've had, uh, so let's get to it. Oh, let's see what happened last week. I was going to record an episode last week about the upfronts, but I said, let's push it to next week. And then, uh, which is this week. And then I, uh, uh, all the stories I wanted to do, I just, I just thought, you know, what, why, why, why do all that stuff? It's too much. <laughs> so here we are. What happened last week? What happened this past two weeks? Um, I got four new games for the Nintendo Switch. Paper Mario Color Splash. Donkey Kong Country Freeze. Mario Golf. And Super... Or sorry, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. Sweater for the Switch. Um, three of those, everything but Donkey Kong. Uh, this guy was just like... I guess he's selling a bunch of stuff on next door. And, and, and one of the lots, one of the things that he was selling was a, I don't know why this link is not opening up. Uh, one of the lots he was selling was a, uh, 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 a bunch of, a bunch of switch games and I already owned two of them. And I said, I wonder if this guy will sell me three switch games for the price of, uh, $20 each. And I lowballed him. I lowballed him under that $20 each. I gave him, no, no, I gave him 60. I said, I was like, Hey, how about 60? He goes, he goes like he's like 90, and I go no, not big full pressure these games. Uh, we settled on 75. I met him finally loaded. I met him up, and uh, he gave me the games. And that same day, there happened Target happened to be doing a sale on video games, as well as 30. So it was 30% off of video games, as well as um, 
Yeah, just 30% off video games. And then you get the 5% off with your target card. Uh, and and then Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze happened to be on sale f- past the 30%. And so I got I got this, you know, this usually $50, $60 game for $30. I was so excited. And I have not had time to play any of these things because I worked during the day. And then at night, I'm so tired from the gym because I've been up since 4 o'clock. So <laughs> I don't. Dallas is out of the uh, 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 the NBA, um, not finals. Uh, they're at, <laughs> Dallas is out. They were beat by the Golden State Warriors. And uh, the Warriors will go on to face uh, whoever wins out of Miami and Boston. And my money's probably on Boston because I don't think Miami has. Jesus, I keep hitting the microphone. It's like I don't know what to do with this show. Because Miami does not have any hitters, as, uh, as the rappers say. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> Let's see. And uh, Nova's doing Nova. Nova's doing all right. She's somewhere. I just. Oh Jesus! The camera just shut off on me. Oh my God! All right. Well, this is ridiculous. I'm gonna have to take a, a quick break, and then uh, we'll come back to whatever the hell this is. <laughs> Three, two, one, and we're back. Okay. Uh, thank goodness that it cut off on me in front of a story, in the middle of a story. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this before another battery dies on me. In fact, I'm going to start charging this other one while we have the time. All right. Plugging it in. Got to keep the witty banter off. And also, it's hot in here. I have to turn off the air when I do this show. Uh, so, in honor of uh, uh, Top Gun Maverick coming out this weekend, a movie I will see... At some point next week, I hope, I will be seeing the Bob's Burgers movie uh, this weekend with a friend on a Sunday. While everybody's out having fun at the lake, I will be going to see the Bob's Burgers movie. I just took a sip of hot tea. You like to taste a beer, but like tea and you don't want the alcohol? <laughs> hop tea. You like to taste a beer, you don't want the alcohol, and uh, but you want also tea. <laughs> hop tea! Not a sponsor. This comes from ESPN, written by Ryan Hawkinsmith. Tom Cruise runs, but is he any good at it? And according to this feature that is uh, way too long, yeah, he's good at running. (laughs) It's very true. So if you've ever seen Tom Cruise run, and I believe in this uh, this piece – Ryan counts how many. So, uh, so Tom Cruise has done 52 movies, and he's run in 44 of them. I'm pretty sure. I've never seen Cocktail, but I'm sure there's no running in Cocktail. <laughs> All right. That's a good title. <laughs> there's no running in Cocktail. Uh, and and it's true. Tom uh, runs in these movies like a lot. And you see, and you see, and if you've ever seen a Tom Cruise movie, action movie, where he's running... Uh, collateral. Is that what it is? <laughs> Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible 2. Mission Impossible 5. <laughs> Just keep going. Just skip 2 of be 3 and keep going. Uh, and 4. If you ever seen him run, he runs basically straight up, chest out, like a, like a, just like a, just like this straight. If you're watching the video, I put my arm. If you're not watching the video, I put my arm straight up. And his, and his hands are pointed they're not cupped, not fisted, and they're pointed. And it turns out that's the way you can run and run faster. Uh, if you look at the, it, he, he, this, uh, Ryan gives a whole spiel about 
uh, where Tom came from and what he did. He was a wrestler in high school. And, and then uh, when he couldn't wrestle in high school anymore, he decided to travel with the team on their one of their away uh, matches. And uh, that's, he was just a nice guy having fun. That's what that's what Tom Cruise is. But the point is the running. So it turns out when you run, and if you if you if you cup your hands, if you grasp them, uh, you run the risk of wasting energy. And it's true. You know Usain Bolt. I was list, I was running this morning to Jess Sims on Peloton, and she did. They they they've been doing some like celebrity stuff with Peloton uh, recently and they did a series on uh, YouTube and I guess on the Peloton app as well uh, where they teamed up with like I forgot I forget who other celebrities were but one of them was Usain Bolt and they were running on a treadmill she and, and Usain or maybe who I don't I don't know who else whoever it was but they were but they were running on a treadmill and uh, apparently this is this is as told by her he didn't know that you can run so much faster if you just if you don't, if you don't squeeze your hands, if you just, if you, if you have a light grip like you're holding ice cream cones, as they say, uh, and he did not know that, which is crazy. So imagine how much better he could have been, like even, even like just marginally. Imagine how much better he could have been if he uh, wasn't always clasping his hands like that. And so that's that's why Tom runs like that. You can see it. He's gotten way better. And if you look at his early movies to now, compared to now. This is uh, Smith Gilbert. This comes from uh, Smith Gilbert. Uh, clenching up hands can be the first sign that a runner is pressing, which affects the rhythm of their breath, which drains their speed and endurance. You can be open hand or closed hand as long as the shoulders are rather relaxed. The goal is good form and being as relaxed as possible. Tom Cruise knows what he's doing. Isn't that? Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> That's why that's why you always gotta listen to like don't 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 grip hard don't grip hard. I remember when I was running track, that was a big thing. Don't don't grip hard. How fast is he really going? Uh, there's somebody somebody on Quora in this piece uh, is quoted as saying that uh, Tom Cruise estimated hits about 15.3 miles per hour. I wonder I wonder if he can. Uh, Jay Ellis was on Jimmy Kimmel Live this past week to talk about the movie coming out, Top Gun Maverick, which he is in. Uh, and, uh, you know, funnily enough, he's been on that show three separate times to talk about that movie, I think. And uh, each time it's been, you know, uh, this is the third time, but obviously the first two times were because of the pandemic and we thought it was going to come out, but it didn't. Anyway, and uh, and then Tom Cruise uh, told Jay and the crew about, like, they had to do naval tests and swim tests and, you know, all this stuff. And it was hard for everybody to hold their breaths. And Tom was, you know, he obviously held his breath for like eight minutes during one of the Mission Impossibles. I think it was either three or five, one of those. Uh, it might have been, yeah, three or five. And uh, and <laughs> he just had to, he had to hold his breath and uh, for 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 eight minutes long. And and they were like, what? <laughs> of course, of course, he had to do that. Anyway, pure speed. So I I would I would definitely uh, guesstimate that he could even Cruz himself said he's been running at he's he can run at 17 miles per hour i mean yeah it's great it's it's a this is a this is a great piece to see to and to read to understand like what it's like for like an actor and and maybe Tom, you know people complain about jeremy strong being a method actor or like other people being method actors but i mean tom's tom's doing it and, uh, and i it's, it's kind of cool to see how far you can push the human 
human condition when you're especially pushing 60. Uh, I know he's in his early 50s. I just wanted to say 60. Anyway, good piece. Moving on. This next, I'm going to look at my notes. Netflix wants to hear from you. Oh, this is from a couple of weeks ago. So Netflix has been, this comes from a variety written by Todd Spangler. Netflix has been quietly screening movies, TV shows, months in advance for subscriber feedback exclusive. So this is part in the reason why I always try to do surveys. <laughs> I'm not joking. Hulu sent me a survey this past week. No, HBO Max sent me a survey this past week. Hulu sent me a survey a couple of weeks ago. I do surveys they uh sometimes they promise gift cards sometimes they promise you know but they don't i mean and you don't get the gift card you're entered into a drawing for the gift card so sometimes they they give that stuff and other times it's just hey we just want your feedback and so i always want to get get in on these things in case there's a beta in case that they let something slip like hey would you like the hulu hulu's been looking into um vr would you ever want to do a hulu vr i'm just like yeah we'd love to do hulu vr so I always do. I always make sure to do surveys because I'm bored and I'm lonely. Uh, <laughs> I live with a cat, so this is this is interesting that that these things are becoming uh, commonplace and more people are talking about it more. I mean, I don't want I don't want things uh, ruined because a lot of this is just testing. They're not gonna they're not gonna you know things are tested all the time. It's not like they're gonna obviously gonna put it out. Like uh, it was rumored this week that Apple was showed its board, its AR slash VR headset, whatever thing they wanted to do. That might not even be announced this year. It might not be. In, it might be saving for next year. It might not even ever come out. Now, charging power, Matt did. Here we go. Netflix has been getting member feedback on original content ahead of its public release. Release. So that means like I just I watched two episodes of Pentaver and it is rough. It, that show was written. It feels like in 2010. It's got jokes from 2016, and uh, and and it was held for three years at least. That's what it. That's what it feels like. There's a. I mean, there's a fine mystery behind it, but Jesus. It's a movie that that nobody cut. It's a movie where the script was 160 pages long, and and Netflix saw, oh, Mike Myers. <laughs> they're like, oh, it's Mike Myers, <laughs> and they did. They're like, uh, I mean, we're not gonna cut, we're not gonna say nothing to Mike Myers. You want to turn it into a TV show instead of a movie? And he's like, all right, let's do a TV show. That's what it feels like. It looks fine. <laughs> One of their sets is a uh, is the fake moon landing, so that's why it, it's passable for looks fine. Anyway, so that's when you get Netflix could possibly doing a uh, they could they could put out you know there's a show like the Pentaver and you could and not put it out they they could offer a subscriber who took the survey uh, a show like the Pentaver and say hey you get to watch this three months ahead of release. Uh, tell us what you think about it. Don't tell anybody about it. You know, maybe sign an NDA. Uh, hopefully, sign an NDA. Uh, and then tell us what you think about it and what should be done differently and things like that. Such focus group testing is commonplace in Hollywood and has been for years. And Netflix routinely tests new features with a subset of customer base of its customer base for its, uh, as part of its product development process. And uh, so far, these these subscriber feedback panels have been only taking place in the U.S. For the uh, for the panels, Netflix asked members to watch several upcoming movies and series over the course of about six months. See, I was right. Uh, after they finish watching each movie or series, members fill out a survey 
quote, to tell us what you liked, what you didn't, how you did make it, how, how you'd make it even better, or how likely you'd be to recommend it to friends or family. I, we know this is happening. I mean, if you, if you didn't even think this was happening, then uh, you're crazy and you're stupid. You're not paying attention. But for them, I, I wonder, I wonder if they're taking the feedback in passing or if they're actually being active about it. Uh, they, again, Netflix has canceled what, like a bunch of projects for the past couple of weeks because they, they need to meet the bottom line because they didn't meet the subscriber goal. So, uh, my question, I had to turn off the mic for a hot second. (laughs) My question is, is this working for them? And are they actually doing something about it? And, you know, in the, in the, in the short run, I, uh, I don't, if they just started this, I don't know if this is, uh, a lucrative uh, option for, well, no, if, if, in the long run, if I, if, uh, I don't know if there's a lucrative option for them in the short run, if they really do take this stuff in, sh- in stride and people are commenting and, and actually, you know, I would watch more of, and actually people are actually saying, you know, I would watch more of God, uh, boss baby <laughs> family back in business. That's the new boss baby show. I love boss baby. I, I gotta say it. The second movie kind of stinks. First movie's great. First TV show's great. Second show is the same as the first TV show. Continuation of the second movie. But, uh, or like, or, or, but that, I don't think that's fair. Let me do, let me just do a, a real Netflix original. Like the movie Extraction with, uh, with Chris Hemsworth. Um, are they, you know, when they say, when they, when they put out, uh, and, and probably this to subscribing thing, they probably didn't do it for this, but are they saying, like, you know, if someone says, hey, there's, this long, this long, this continuous shot was great, um, but I wish there were more cars. You know, are they going to actually say something about? It? Are they going to actually do something about that? Or like, there should be more jokes in here. <laughs> uh, there should be more focus on his G-Shock watch. <laughs> I like that movie. I watched it. Like people were talking about it, and then I watched it like three years later. <laughs> I'm not joking. I probably watched it. Maybe I got my TV. I got this new TV. <laughs> So I probably watched it around then, and that movie came out like 2001. So I probably watched it uh, 2001, 2021. So I probably watched it uh, last fall or last winter or something like that. So not years later, but whatever. So there we go. That's Netflix for you. Uh, coming up next. <laughs> coming up next. I'm teasing the next story. Wall Street Journal. Conan O'Brien's podcast company sells a Sirius XM and deal valued at around 150 million dollars. Written by John Jurgensen and Ann Steele. Oh, the greats. So Conan sold Team Coco uh, to Sirius XM, and uh, it's a it's a pretty big friggin' deal. Like Gimlet and The Ringer sold to uh, uh, Spotify, and Wondery sold to Audible, Amazon, I think. Wondery, so they can make Wondery Plus, uh, which we'll get into in a second, I think. No, maybe not. Uh, Conan O'Brien sold Team Coco over to uh, to SiriusXM, and uh, so this is this is even bigger than like the podcast front because Team Coco also owns his his late night stuff, the pre- the previous late night stuff, Conan, uh, Tonight Show, and Late Night, and 
and everything that comes, I guess he sold the company. So everything that comes under it. And so along with his uh, regular Conan O'Brien needs a friend podcast that has become, I will say probably one of the quickest growing podcasts in the world. Uh, they get Nicole Byers podcast. They get, uh, well, one of her podcasts, they get Lacey Mosley's podcast, uh, JB Smooth's, Andy Richter's, I believe. And, and everybody else, I think there's like 10 Rob Lowe's, um, I subscribed to one of those, and I still don't listen. It's too much. It's too much. Too many podcasts in this world. Yeah, it's a network of 10 podcasts. $150 million, which is huge. Obviously, this money, he doesn't see $150 million. Just the number is there. It's like uh, Justin Timberlake just sold off the rights to his uh, his catalog. Um, so it's including, not, not from NSYNC, but everything he's done from past NSYNC on to basically today. I wonder if that includes the Trolls song. I got this meaning. These are my bones. You know, Trolls World Tour. Great movie. Great movie. The Trolls TV shows. Good TV shows. The first movie stinks. And you know, I you know I hate I hate real songs, real world songs and cartoon movies. I hate that. Can you believe Conan O'Brien needs a friend launched in 2018? Oh my god. The show accounts for more than two-thirds of the 16 million monthly downloads for all of Team Coco podcast. Wow. What is uh what is two-thirds two-thirds of 16 million? Million. That's about um one zero six 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 six. six. Okay, I'm stupid. The vast majority of Team Coco was owned by Mr. O'Brien, along with Chief Executive Jeff Ross, who was his producer on the Conan TV show. Uh, Mr. O'Brien's executive producer throughout the run of his TV shows, according to the people familiar with the company. The serious deal lets Mr. O'Brien capitalize on the creative and entrepreneurial freedom he discovered in the audio world after a 28-year-old run on the late shift uh, for broadcast and cable networks. Now, he's this does not mean that the shows like Conan O'Brien needs a friend and Andy Richter uh, talks to people and Rob Lowe is handsome and Nicole Byer dates <laughs> uh, JB Smoove asks a question today or something like that. This doesn't mean that those shows are taken off of regular podcasting platforms and you can only listen to them on Sirius XM. No, <laughs> the licensing rights are only given to Sirius. So that means that they will, uh, they could have bonus episodes if they want, or only on Sirius. They could do, I mean, just, you know, Sirius gets the money, essentially. Sirius gets the money, and it's going to help these people. It's going to help the, the the hosts get better ad sales. And, and uh, yeah, Siri, you know, Sirius acquired Stitcher in 2020 um, from uh, Midroll, I believe. Uh, and, uh, you know, for a little bit, no, Sirius? Stitcher, Stitcher and Midroll and Earwolf, they were all owned by uh, Discovery, which owned, or Scripps, which owned a company I worked for. So we were, so I was, you know, for uh, for maybe two years, I was a coworker of Conan O'Brien. <laughs> I was a coworker of Conan O'Brien and all the other uh, Earwolf folks. Uh, this is big news for, for again, for these people. Uh, it doesn't really hurt you in the long run. or in, in or short, What am I doing long run, short run stuff? This doesn't hurt you. This doesn't hurt you at all. Um, but it is it is going to open up opportunities. And, you know, at some point, 
uh, I think, you know, podcasting just used to be just a, an independent thing. And now it's, and now we've got all these millionaires joining in and uh, it's just not fun. Sirius now owns a portfolio of social media channels that team Coco has fed with content for over a decade. I wonder uh, where this leaves the team Coco YouTube channel. I wonder if that means that they're going to continue to operate by the Coco, the team Coco YouTube channel. And the Letterman YouTube channel in particular, uh, as well as the Johnny Carson YouTube channel, they all upload old clips from the previous shows. So for Letterman, we get every show he's ever done. Uh, we get uh, well the two. I don't think that we get the morning show, but we get his, uh, his we get his late night shows, uh, which is which is cool, which is fun to see, and I really like that. Have we? Are do they have the morning show on there? There's some of the clips from the morning show. And then for Team Coco, we get again the Team Coco YouTube channel. We get. Things from Conan, we get things from Late Night, we get things from Tonight, uh, I don't know about Tonight Show, well yeah, we get things from Tonight Show. The video clips distributed on these channels generated roughly $10 million in ad revenue in 2021, uh, Team Coco executive said last year. I I would like to, uh, you, you know, $10 million in 2021 is nothing to scoff at, however, it could be more if more people watch them. There's I, I look at the Team Coco, I look at the, I check my YouTube all the time, and Quite frankly, you look at episodes, you look at clips on, I call, I call clips episodes. I call videos on the, on the internet episode. You see that new episode of uh, MKBHD? <laughs> Gotta make yourself laugh. It's 439. I'm going to Phoebe Bridgers tonight. She's playing um, uh, in Chastain Park Amphitheater in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'll be dropping a little bit north for that. Hitting the road at friggin' 6.30 on a holiday weekend. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I like I can I can imagine, you know, $10 million. Again, $10 million in ad revenue is great. I can imagine, though, that uh, people who do YouTube for a living maybe made more. Uh, and if, I mean, it's just hard to generate views, especially for old stuff. Um, but, you know, for Letterman and for Team Coco, they're both they're both really good at doing things that like like if someone passes away like if Ray, Ray Liotta died yesterday so if Ray Liotta passes away then Letterman and Team Coco can both upload a clip of Ray Liotta um, or if uh, uh, Gilbert Gottfried or Norm Macdonald pass away uh, God forbid they do this for uh, people of color and <laughs> and 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 it's and they're very topical or if there's a you know if a Paul Rudd project comes out. And uh, they and Paul Rudd was on one of those shows. Then they can upload a Paul Rudd clip. It's very it's very cool how they can have these things already ready to go. Uh, and you know they've been uh, Conan has been digit uh, his team has been making a digital records of the late night and tonight show stuff for the past uh, since Conan for since like the last year of Conan. So it's good to see all this stuff get archived and everything. Company's YouTube channel is 8.5 million subs. They have new videos from the podcast as well as clips from Conan, the TV show. Under uh, an existing deal with HBO Max, Mr. O'Brien is developing a new TV show. Whatever, okay. Uh, the deal, the serious deal centers on a podcast that Mr. O'Brien was reluctant to even start while he was on TV. Okay, so anyway, we're done. That's it. Conan's 59. Oh, boy. <laughs> and more podcast news. This comes from J. Clara Chan. I know her. I've read, I've read her a lot of her stories. It's not a joke. Uh, w on Billboard, 
WTF with Mark Marin podcast inks multi-year deal with Acast. Again, podcasts used to be for, especially Marins, they used to be these independent things, put out two episodes a week, and, and now it's just two episodes a week with the biggest stars. He has a three-year deal with Acast to host, monetize, and distribute the Comedian's Podcast with Marin. Acast is a obviously distributor so basically essentially they're going to take the his his audio feed and switch it over to their player as part of the deal which begins july 1st wtf will also honor offer a bonus content merchandise and live event offerings via acast plus a lot like wondery plus a lot like uh the other loot what was the l1 luminary and yet i'm horrible at math I hold, I, I hold this stuff in the back of my head, and yet I'm horrible at math. Okay. Uh, sorry, I just got a text about the Phoebe Bridgers concert. <laughs> the person I'm going with, and uh, we're making plans, baby. It's going to be great. The tickets were $25. And it was a last-minute decision. I was like, should I go to this? <laughs> and I'm like, I should go to this. <laughs> Even though I saw Dave Matthews Band last Saturday. That's right. I saw DMB last Saturday. Got a text at 6 p.m. The show was at 7.30. I scrambled to find a ticket and uh, found two. Guy would not sell me one. I said, all right. He goes, <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes, uh, uh, he goes, yeah, man. Uh, see, see if you can find your, find yourself a hot girl there. You know, just you know, y'all have fun. And I was like, dude. <laughs> Dave Matthews band. I'm not gonna find it. First of all, find some hot girl. Let's just find some hot girl and get it, get in the, get in that Dave Matthews band, brother. Uh, I don't know what that character was, but I went. And and uh, and I'm like, and so so the people the people I was going with they had already gotten their tickets, and uh, one of them had gotten his for free, and he's like, hey man, I'll go halfsies on you. Like I'll, I he say halfsies. He's an adult man. I'll buy half your ticket if you if you come because I because he essentially uh, didn't want to be um, it was like a group of friends and then two people I knew and then one of those people knew the group of friends and then the guy was like come on man and so I was like all right all right I saw him he didn't have to control me I was gonna go regardless uh, and so I get these two tickets the guy sends it to me via uh, Ticketmaster or, or whatever uh, or SeatGeek or no stuff up it doesn't matter. So I get there and uh, I get, first of all, I mean, I'm on the other side of the, of the, of the is it outdoor stadium south of the city, uh, Lakewood Amphitheater, I believe. And it's not even out, not stadium. It's just an outdoor uh, music place. And I go, I go, uh, I know, oh, first of all, I had to park. I had to park and every place obviously was charging out the butt. And I, I already spent $60 on these tickets. I'm like, I don't want to pay that much. So I keep going deeper and deeper, <laughs> keep going further and further south, streets like streets, streets, blocks and blocks away, and I find this woman who has a lot on like a house, and uh, and it looks like a, like a one bedroom house, <laughs> and it says ten dollars, and I go, oh, you know, and I and I pull in, and I go, hey, what are the chances you give it to me for five? <laughs> and she she would not budge. And she's like, I'm doing you a favor because you're early to the show. It's like 630. Like, because you're early to the show, I'm I'm only charging you ten dollars. <laughs> like, all right, first of all, I don't know you. So anyway, I park and then I walk. It's like a twenty some odd minute walk. I get there and uh, I'm on the other side of the stadium where the main entrance is, and there's like a back entrance, which is uh, 
it, it's like the guys, it's like it's shaped like a horseshoe. So it's on the other side. So I get there and I am looking for, for the people and I go, Hey, where are you guys? Where are you guys? And he goes, Oh dude, we're at C and I'm at A and B and I go, Oh, how do you get to C? And so I'm still on the phone. I walk up to this lady who's like directing cars. I go, how do you get to C? And she goes, Oh, well those guys can tell you. And they, she points to, to, to like staff, like they're not security, but they're staff and you know, just making sure everything goes and they're sitting in a golf cart. And I walk up to these guys and go, hey, how do you get to, you know, Seagate? And they go, oh, man, that's on the other side. And I'm like, I go, oh, it's on the other side? All right, well, how long do you think it'll take me to get there? It goes, well, it's a long walk. And I go, oh, I mean, all right, it's fine. And my friend's on the phone like, dude, we're about to go in. You don't have to, you have to do it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not waiting in line. <laughs> and these guys, uh, these guys, without, without, with, like, just in the quickest, the quickest way, we'll drive you. I go, and like in their golf cart, I go, oh, uh really? And my friend's like, oh no, dude, it'll be fine. I'm like, like, oh, okay. <laughs> I go, I'll see you later. I hang up on him. And then I hop on the golf cart and they drive me for like, it's like a two minute drive. And they were not kidding that if I had walked that it would have been maybe another 20 some odd minutes or so, or I could wait in the line and it would take me 30 minutes to get in. And I get to the other side and there's so on on the one side where I was, people were tailgating and parking and stuff. On the other side, people were tailgating and parking, but there were not that many people. So I get off. I thank the I thanked the gentleman. Walk towards the gate. The lines were even long. They were not even long. The lines were so short. I could have I could have run in and out four different times. <laughs> and uh, so then the so I had the tickets and they're digital and I'm, and I'm and I go all right well I'm here they're probably inside I'm just gonna try to sell these tickets to uh, tell it sell a ticket to, to somebody and uh and I <laughs> and uh turns out the guys were not inside I meet everybody and then uh my friend is is you know, he goes hey you want me to help you sell a ticket I go yes so he, uh, so we send everybody inside uh, he and I start walking down the aisle and we go need a ticket you took it <laughs> walking between cars you take a ticket people are going no 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 and then he goes, should I hold up my paper ticket <laughs> to to see if somebody like if they so we can signal that we have a ticket without, you know, selling illegally? And I go, yeah, I mean, it couldn't hurt. He holds up his ticket for literally two seconds. And then two guys go, oh, dude, dude, like start pointing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need a ticket, we need a ticket. And uh, they run up and we'd and we, you know, we're chatting and I go, I go, yeah, I'm the one with the ticket. And he's like, okay, great. Uh, our friends will be for a ticket. And they're on the phone. They're on the phone with their friend. Like, dude, we got you a ticket. We got you a ticket. Right? <laughs> Everybody's from Brooklyn. We got you a ticket, dude. And, uh, and I, I go, all right. I'm like, uh, well, no, they go, they go, how much, you, how much are you charging? And I go, I don't know. Cause like, I just bought it for 60. So I'm just, so I'm going like, I don't know, uh, 30 <laughs> and he goes and he goes oh man he would have paid you anything under 50 i go tell him 40 <laughs> their friends out there and he goes hey uh hey man it's 40 dollars <laughs> these guys are on my side i am happy uh so they have their the one of the guys there uh venmo's me the money i send them the ticket and we're all we're, <laughs> we're like dapping each other up high five we're like yeah all right man this is great you know this is awesome all right, all right. and then we all go inside and uh, so I've made 40, but I've spent 60. I've made 40. No, I spent 70. I made 40 back. So I spent 30. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad, you know, get inside. And then uh, it's now dinner time. I have not eaten dinner. I've, I was too busy rushing over to this thing. I don't eat fast food. So I, did, I wasn't going to stop at McDonald's or anything. So then I spend the money I just got. I spend, I think, like $25 on uh, pretzel, a big pretzel, a hot dog, and 
fries. And then I snuck in. Um, <laughs> I snuck because I because it was because there was a lawn, so I I could bring a, a blanket. So I'm like, I have this camping blanket that I bought during the pandemic, so I can go out to the park and sit and read and stuff. And I bought I brought in uh, I just bought Topo Chico. I think you can see the box if you're watching the video. I just bought Topo Chico seltzer with a three dollar rebate from Target. So instead of fifteen dollars, it was twelve dollars. And so I snuck in four of those. Uh, no, I snuck in two of those, and I snuck in uh, two beers. So I snuck in four drinks. Uh, and that's how I saw DMB, and it was great. No one sat down the entire time, so we were all standing <laughs> desperately. Uh, but, you know, it was fun. It was a good time. I'm glad I saw DMB in concert. I, I knew I would say three to four songs, maybe even five. I think they're like Satellite, Ants Marching. I know the hits. And uh, and they ended with the Ants Marching, and they, they did a fake out. There's going to be this one song, and then and then all of a sudden you hear, dirt, 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 dirt. And everyone's like, oh, yeah. And everybody started dancing, you know. I mean, the entire time you just saw, like, older white people dancing just just horribly. <laughs> it was great. It was a fun time. I'm glad I saw DMB. I hope uh, Phoebe Bridgers tonight will be excellent. I really hope she is. Uh, I feel as I've seen – I like Phoebe Bridgers. I like her music. Her personality is grating, and I will say it to her face. Uh, but you know what? What a what a great talent she is. What a great rock artist. I all, I wanted to see Haim. They came to they didn't come to Atlanta. They went to Alpharetta, and uh, it was on a Wednesday night. And I was not gonna drive to Alpharetta on a Wednesday night. And the show starts at seven o'clock. I have to leave at four, just to get there at five or so. Anyway, let's get back to this this podcast story. <laughs> hey, look, that's all I got. That's all I got. Uh, Mark Marin. So uh, it's a three-year deal with Acast. I don't know if they have the specifics, but new episodes of this sh- for the money. New episodes of this show will continue to be released twice a week and will be available for free across all podcast platforms. Uh, again, I think people see what, and I hate to bring them up. I think people see what Joe Rogan you know, or Dak Shepard's show have done on uh, Spotify. And, I mean, yeah, you can be on a platform that's built for audio, but uh, when you when you, when you you pigeonhole, when you put yourself into that position of you can only listen to our show that was previously free everywhere on this platform, you're going to lose a lot of subscribers. And Mark doesn't do videos, so I get known personally. Uh, advertisers will be able to place dynamic ads for uh, or use ACAST's in-house team for premium spots that will appear in Marin's show, in addition to other podcasts in ACAST network. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of the dynamic ads. I think Never Not Funny does it, and uh, actually no, I'm I'm positive they do it because sometimes I hear like an, uh, this is Atlanta. You're like, hey, you Atlanta listeners get 10% off. Uh, so yeah, there we go. It's good, and uh, I'm glad Mark's going to be able to. I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's fall, uh, not falling over. I'm glad he's doing well with this show. I'm glad it's it's done this for him. Uh, he brings in about 55 million listeners per year, um, and that's just for when he interviews the president. Can you imagine if one podcast got 55 million listeners? Jesus, I said users earlier. Doesn't matter. Who cares? This is this the Acast deal is still going to let him be you know the show that he wants to be, but now just on a bigger deal. Uh, Anna Ferris moved her podcast Unqualified over to ACAST in February. Unqualified is a show I stopped listening to. <laughs> All right. 
And last but not least, we're going to talk about the upfronts for, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. This episode's going long. This comes from The Hollywood Reporter, written by Leslie Goldberg. Why broadcast networks took a back seat at the upfronts. With media giants emphasizing streaming and overall series orders plummeting, networks are no longer the star of the annual event. So the upfronts, television upfronts, are, and I've done an episode of News Time on this, and so now this topic has officially moved over the constitutionalist territory. Upfronts are uh, when basically networks and streamers, they go, I'll just say networks, networks go over to, uh, to, to Wall, not Wall Street, they go over to, they go over to advertisers. They do all these big presentations, and they say, here's what we have to offer in the coming year or years for the next television season, and this is why you should buy ad space with us. That's the dumbest way I could possibly say it. So, for instance, uh, Warner Media, the company I work for, Warner Bros. Discovery. Warner Bros. Discovery, uh, uh, David Zaslov could um, go, you know, Shaq, I was watching, uh, I'll get back to it, I'll get back to it, I'll in a second. I was watching... This I fell asleep during the Mavericks uh, Golden State Warriors game last night, and I have YouTube TV, so I recorded the rest, obviously. And so this morning, I get home from the gym, my three-hour session, three hours and four minutes. I get home from the gym. I, um, while I'm stretching, I watched like the last 20 minutes of the game. And then uh, I saw the Mavericks lost, and then I, then I started watching uh, Inside the NBA. And they were and, – uh, and Shaq – all this to say is that Shaq mentioned Zaslow. <laughs> and I was like, hey, we're coworkers, Shaq. We work in the same building. Literally, we work in the same building. It's great. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, so, so a, a, a person like David Zaslov will, you know, host an upfront presentation alongside, uh, stars of HBO and cartoon and, you know, and whatever. Uh, and, and they'll say like, uh, we've got the West world coming out and you should, you should, add, we should, uh, you know, <laughs> you should help us advertise it. <laughs> Things like that. Or like Jimmy Kimmel hosted the ABC upfronts. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an exclusive show for advertisers and it's fun and fun. And, and it, it, basically it's like E3, you know, E3 for, uh, for TV shows, essentially more or less. Uh, so this is the first in, in person presentations since COVID-19 started. Um, when, when, uh, the first, the first presentations during that first year of the pandemic in 2020, uh, it was again, May, 2020 or June. Yeah. May, 2020. Cause that was happening in May. Uh, I remember the company I used to work for, um, the networks, the side of networks, they even did an upfront presentation and they were tiny and they, uh, they sent it to everybody cause it was digital. They couldn't do it in person. So they sent it to everybody. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Excuse me. We watched it during a company wide meeting when I was one of five people going in for a company of like 200, 200 some odd people. Uh, and they still let me go. And, uh, and I hate their guts <laughs> to this day, but they made us watch uh, part of it. And, and then I, th- I, I don't, th- I think you could watch the full thing, but anyway, whatever. And I remember watching it and going, uh, I mean, yeah, it was, it was high quality. You know, they had a lot of stuff, but I think Carrie Washington, I re- I'm now, I'm just now remember this. Carrie Washington was in the presentation shooting something in her backyard on a, on her phone, but it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, uh, horizontal. It was vertical. It was vertical video. Yeah. And I remember thinking she couldn't put any more effort into this, but it was the time. It was the beginning of the pandemic and we didn't know things, but even still I was listening to the New York times podcast. I listened to a lot of stuff and, uh, and I watched PBS news hour and people still don't have microphones or cameras that are suitable enough 
for we're going to be doing this forever now. Like if they if you can't be in person, they're going to get you on video and you got to have a mic or a camera. It's ridiculous. ABC, Fox and NBC still have series orders for next season in the works and casting to do for others that have already been greenlit. Uh, what, what we'll notice is that the CW canceled a bunch of shows. CBS uh, did not bring in a lot of comedies. Same thing for uh, for NBC and ABC. I don't remember about Fox. But collectively, all of the networks, the, the uh, four broadcasters alongside the CW, <laughs> averaged 77.4 pilot orders a year over the past decade. This season, however, the five combined were uh, picked up 35, which is not a lot, with a tally representing a 10-year low. That's... and. You like they you want to be able to have uh, Nova's hungry. She is now currently rubbing my leg. You want to be and she's rubbing her face on the desk. You you want to be able to to tell advertisers we like you're confident in what you have coming up. Uh, but I think this is going to be the first year, especially with you know Netflix missing subscriber counts, that because uh, that happened slightly before the upruns. I think this is going to be the first year in which uh, we get. The uh, what is his name? John Landgraf for FX has always like for the past couple of years has been touting that we are in a golden era of like we're at peak television. We we have you know 900 new shows, a uh, thousand new shows, all such this and that. But I think this is going to be the first year where things have been dipping, uh, and mostly because they're going to say you know for broadcasters uh, first it's it's going to they're going to say it's, it's unsustainable. Like well I mean no for Netflix it's unsustainable. You can't you no know, but you got to stop. You have 30 minutes. For Netflix, it's unsustainable. You can't just buy a ton of shows left and right and not expect, and then and then go, well, if this one doesn't work, then we'll just toss it out, and this one's going to work, and it's going to make up for that. And it's it's not what what Stranger Things season four does is not going to be the same thing what uh, uh, Boss Baby <laughs> Back in the Crib or whatever the heck that show is called does. It's they're they're two different things, and you can't expect them to be uh, working. Although that's not fair because I think NBC Universal pays for. Uh, um, Boss Baby TV show. Anyway, Fox, ABC, NBC still have multiple shows in consideration, so they got that going for them. Uh, under the financial anvil of the past two years in which the pandemic accelerated the shift to streaming at most media companies, broadcast networks have seen their spending budgets slashed and those resources transferred, transferred to a wave of newly launched platforms. So, again, Peacock launches, we see a show like Killing It. We see Girls 5 Eva. Uh, we've got Paramount Plus, which brings in the brands of Paramount, and so now we've got the Daily Show streaming at a regular uh, place, as well as new Star Trek shows. So uh, it's, I, I mean, it's things are different from the past couple of years. For and you, you're not ever going to get a show like uh, Goldberg is using uh, Modern Family, and like we're never going to get it. I mean, I'm not saying that we're never going to get another show like Modern Family, but Modern Family. And this is us, and show, and you know, I mean, those shows were anomalies in their time, especially Modern Family. But now you can have, if you put, if you put enough effort uh, and and care between behind your the people making shows, you can get a show like Abbott Elementary that just takes off. Uh, so that's what that's what ABC is looking for, uh, something. They uh, apparently they have a healthy slate of off-cycle developments, says Craig Erwich, the uh, boss of ABC and Hulu. Uh, I just got a I got a Phoebe Bridgers uh, ticket notification. <laughs> yeah, I know it's coming. I'm excited. 
They've got Night Court. NBC's coming uh, up with Night Court. They've got Lopez versus Lopez, which is a George Lopez sitcom, another one of those. Uh, Quant- I think it might be his third one. Uh, Quantum Leap. Uh, so they've got shows coming up. Well, I mean, broadcast is uh, it's a strange. It's I don't know how they do it because they, in recent years, like let's say from 2018 on, they want to treat it like, well, no, let's say 2019 on, they want to treat it like streaming. And, you know, prior to that, 2018 and to uh, the first time uh, House of Cards premiered, you know, they, they had the pick of the litter. You know, every, the only, the only people they had to fight with were, were was basic cable. And it's, it's going to be tough for them to make ground up. Uh, but then that's where, you know, Hey, let's take, that's what NBC Universal is doing with, you know, Peacock. They say, Hey, law and order SVU. Well, you can only watch that on Peacock. And then also you can watch girls five. Ever. <laughs> I don't know why I keep, I love that show. I'm going to be famous. Ever. Such a good show. But continuing off of that, this comes from Variety, written by Jennifer Moss, Michael Schneider, Joe Otterson, Todd Spangler, and Brian Steinberg, the best and the worst of the uh, and weirdest of uh, moments of Upfront Week 2022. I just finished Young Rock. I see the, a picture of The Rock here. I just finished Young Rock this second season or third season? Second season. It's going to third. So good. It's a very funny show. Uh, and then I did some research. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to say that. It's a good show. I love the show. <laughs> It's a very, it's a very, it's a very good show. Um, there's some stuff that they are um, d- taking out of it, you know, to keep it as a family sitcom. But it's a great show. <laughs> it's a wonderful show. So uh, again, there's not a lot of news shows. Fox did not even have a schedule to put out, but we do have a, a bunch of fall slots for CBS, ABC, and NBC. Uh, you'll notice that a lot of it is remakes or they'll do family slots for uh for dick wolf shows so there's slots for there's a night for chicago there's a night for law and order there's a night for fbi and that's across two different networks which is like he has so there's i think tuesday night on cbs is fbi wednesday night is chicago wednesday on nbc and then thursday night is law and order thursday which is which is great i like that but i got because i like law and order but man, that man owns a huge market share. He's like the opposite of Chuck Lorre. <laughs> he makes good shows. I've never seen an episode of uh, Chicago. I think I've put it on in the background. I watched one episode of FBI, uh, of FBI, FBI's Most Wanted, FBI International, because there was a crossover, and I'm a sucker for crossovers. I am a huge sucker for crossovers. So there's not a lot of new shows. Uh, there's a lot of Marvel stuff coming. So we've got uh, the She-Hulk, Attorney at Law show, Secret Invasion, Echo, second season of Loki. Jesus, oh my God, there's so much. Um, there's so much. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that. Multiverse stuff. There's a, is a very sexual thing, and then you can just read it yourself. Uh, yeah, because this is a family show. There's a bunch of multiverse stuff, which includes 60 segment. I mean, 60 60 minutes. Um, you know, Oprah talked about. Uh, uh, was that Warner Brothers? Was that excuse me? Was that Warner Bros. Discovery? And Jimmy Kimmel was at uh, 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 ABC. So there you go. A lot of people doing in-character stuff. Supernatural was heavily relied on for the CW. Uh, they had relied on uh, for uh, stars, Hollywood stars, for Paramount's uh, Sylvester Stallone show. 
I forgot what it's called. Tulsa King. That's going to be in Oklahoma, obviously. <laughs> they had music performances by Kelly Clarkson, who did stuff for NBCU, Miley Cyrus, NBCU, Trace Atkins for Fox, uh, Mickey Guyton and Leanne Rams for Paramount, Rhymes for Paramount, Jennifer Hudson for Warner Bros. Discovery, Lizzo and John Baptiste uh, for YouTube. YouTube was there? Oh, my God. Well, that mean that makes sense. YouTube does sell ads. Uh, new bosses were introduced, like David Zaslov. Uh, sports, sports took a huge, 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 huge step. Uh, we've got XFL having a new deal, which I'll talk about with uh, uh, on an episode of News Time. Uh, with Disney, USFL uh, recently had a pretty good season with ads and stuff and partnership. Inside the NBA, it's just, I mean, just a whole bunch of stuff that. The upfront this year was a lot of streaming priority, obviously. Uh, and uh, there we go. And then uh, here's from Deadline, written by Nelly Andreva. I just got the hitters today. Again, I'm cool. I say words like hitters. Uh, the <laughs> we've got spinoffs galore, like the the rookie. Um, we've got an LA Law sequel. We've got it's just so much coming. There's this this is this you know you can watch, you can read about the best and the worst. Uh, there's a a Walker a Walker origin story and Gotham Knights, which I assume is a um, Walker was already a show in the CW and now they have a spinoff. I think Walker might have been canceled. I'm not entirely sure. And then uh, Gotham Knights uh, they cancel a couple of uh, DC shows and now they're bringing in this one. Then a Supernatural prequel. With the Winchesters. So you can see everything that is going on over at the upfronts. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, broadcasting has to catch up to streaming somehow. Um, I don't exactly know if this is going to be a lucrative position for them, but uh, for the broadcasters at least. But, uh, and, you know, and then, I mean, this just sees that shows that streaming is fallible itself. So, we there's I mean, there's got to be some type of you know I I was listening to again listening I was listening to Kara Swisher's uh, Sway podcast and I'm gonna get the exact episode because uh, it was a very interesting I already have one downloaded so I'll just go there it was a very interesting uh, it was the CEO of Conde Nast who let's see what his name is uh, what is the CEO's name what is the CEO's name Ro- Roger Lynch and, and yes, he was talking about Conde Nast, but there's but Conde Nast, you know, it is a magazine publisher. Everything's turning into digital, uh, but they are seeing a record growth, or not a record. They're seeing a growth in the physical uh, subscription as well, which makes sense. I mean, if I subscribe to the Atlantic, which I don't, but if I did, <laughs> I just don't. It's too many subscriptions. I'm paying well over too much money for for my subscriptions. Uh, but if I subscribe to the Atlantic, I'm going to want to get a physical version of the magazine, mostly because I put it on the coffee table and be like, Hey, I read the Atlantic baby. Uh, never recycle those. <laughs> never. I've got a couple just sitting in the bookcase right now. So we, uh, but, but the, but the, but the crux of it is like towards, towards the end, they were talking about how, uh, the subscription model is not as sustainable as it, it is, and uh, pretty much everything is going to become a bundle again at some point. That's why you know Disney's got this bundle, and you know I I can only surmise, and maybe a month we'll see Discovery be bundled with uh, HBO Max prior to Discovery stuff hitting HBO Max. But I don't know why they would do that. Just bring Discovery stuff over to HBO Max. Just sunset Discovery Plus by the end of the summer. That would that would be my thing. 
bring CNN stuff over to HBO Max. You got the numbers. And, uh, and don't change the price. Please don't change the price. And do you think, I mean, Disney Plus uh, rate rose in price and Netflix raises in price every couple of years. And uh, I can see I can see Apple TV Plus raising in price itself. Uh, oh, and also this guy, Lynch, he said uh, just because Apple, you know, won an Oscar with Coda doesn't mean that they won the Oscar with Coda. And that, those are my words. But they don't own that movie. They just gave the people the money to make that movie. Like, they don't actually own it. They didn't create it in-house, and it's not really theirs. Uh, which, I I mean, I, I like it. It makes sense, yeah. They, it's, you know, I can make, I can take, I, I can have a show on Netflix, and um, as long as, like, as long as we work out the right numbers, then that show can go into syndication on Comedy Central. Uh, or, I, or if they cancel it, I, I can take it over to uh, another streaming platform. Hopefully we'll see. It doesn't work for everybody like that, but anyway, uh, so yeah, that was, that was the idea was that the, the bundle is going to come back and, uh, and he's, and he's not wrong. The bundle will come back and, and people are going to be mad and it's just going to be, it's going to be a seesaw effect. Just, we're always going to see, we're always going to see bundles, bundling and unbundling, uh, all the time. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Listen, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com where we've got interviews coming up there is an interview that i have been trying to set up and it's gonna make i do sound frustrated because i am frustrated <laughs> that i've been trying to set up for uh the better half of a month um uh which is to say about two or three weeks now at this point and i think this is the third week i think so we're going into the to a month now of this and so i've been trying to set this up and, and then uh and then i've been offered two more interviews uh so we're trying to set up three at the same time, which is ridiculous. I just let me take the top one and then we can work our way down. So I'm hopefully getting more interviews uh, with comedians that I know and like. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, I'm also so proud that I subscribe to a couple of New York Times and Wall Street Journal and Atlantic newsletters and things of that nature. And uh, it took me forever to, first, you have to do this only. You can only do this only on the computer. You can't do it on your on whatever app that you have Gmail in or whatever device you have Gmail in. It has to be a computer. But I've moved all my newsletters to a newsletter section in my Gmail, and I'm so like, every time I get an email, I see newsletter, I go, that's great. I can read that later because they were getting lost before. Anyway, Instagram, Twitter, at oh, if you want to see a video version of this show, that's what's coming. Uh, go to youtube.com slash comedy. You can see me do all the stuff I did for video earlier today. Like you can see the video cut out five minutes into the episode, which was not good. But this battery um, that I put in there, I know it was not charged up and it's definitely working. Uh, as well as you can find on youtube.com slash comedy, our premiere show news time. I have three more that are literally uploaded to the YouTube channel that I have yet to write descriptions and titles for, but they will be coming soon. And uh, I'll be back on schedule. 400 is coming up in a couple of weeks. Can't wait for that. And I think it falls in a week where there's no news. So I have to really plan for that. And uh, what else, what else, what else is going on? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at C plus comedy, me on Twitter, Instagram, at Chad Black white, like us on Facebook, listen to the constitutional's pod, a uh, rate review, subscribe. <laughs> I'm doing a listen thing. Rate, review, subscribe to the show where we get the and tell your friends about it. Thank you for listening. You're the best. I love you and goodbye.